1: Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag.
0: BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests and events with first to market odds and lines. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with former 76ers point Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing good. Dude, great this is the first time this is the first show we've had in a while where there's actually some kind of rumors going on and speculation where we we could actually be picking up some of these veterans out there that are still available and i think that's that's great because we haven't had really that in like the last month or so
2: <laughs> it's getting close to camp so yeah.
0: Yep. But, well, um, now, now
1: that the Durant thing happened it's yeah yeah, yeah. go business as usual again finally about mm-hmm. time
0: that uh, September 27th is when we go to the the Citadel in South Carolina for uh, training camp. So it'll be a uh, be an interesting training camp, and that's uh we'll get into that the the, the team kind of a uh, camaraderie and, and um and the, the fun we're going to get into going to uh to a different different venue for training camp this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh so yeah we'll, we'll go start with our first topic tonight. Um, so over the last few days there have been some reports. Uh, the Sixers uh, looking into the idea of picking up Marquise Morris, who we've talked about on the show before, and uh, bringing in DeMarcus Cousins, um, backup five. Um, he'll be play- playing at backup five. Did well last year uh, against, against us, actually, when he played the Nuggets when uh, Jokic went to the bench, and he actually came yeah. in with, like a couple threes. And then the year before, he actually dominated us for like 20 points with the Clippers. So um, I'd, I'd love to have Bookie Cousins in-house. Um, so my question is, between those two guys, and there is some rumors that, you know, uh, Keith may sign elsewhere to another contender, but uh between those two guys, who would be a better fit um in uh, Philadelphia?
2: Well, I mean, I think I think they both could be good fits. Um I think DeMarcus would be a better fit because of um, you know, having the other guys, Tobias and PJ, is more kind of in a Morris role. And that's two guys that we know is going to play a high volume of minutes, whereas DeMarcus can come in and and truly be the reserve and backup for Joel. And I think that from that standpoint, um, it gives you sort of the veteran presence at the five position that we don't have. So I think that's more of a, a need, even though, you know I do do think twin would could help us um i just you think Marcus is probably more of a knee because of the position and 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 the way he plays I mean, he's extremely
0: talented, just been affected by injuries tasha where where do you lean on uh on both those guys uh I'm sure Keith
1: would think he fits perfectly in Philly cuz he's a Philly guy. Um I uh it's tough because I like Keith and I I don't think you could have enough of those kind of guys, the the 3 4 tweener types who can who can you know shoot a little bit, play a little defense, you know, give you that hustle. Um I I think I'd rather go Cousins before I have the Bassie and Reed people on my door banging it down. Um I don't think Cousins is a big enough name at this point to stop us from continuing to build Bassie and read up and see who's like the guy who deserves a lot of minutes as a big, right? I don't think he's stopping their progression by any means. Um, I don't think you bring him in at this point. I mean, if anything at this point he's a mentor to them, at, you know, he's, he's old debt now. Um, I just don't, we've missed a lot of time with Embiid almost every season now. I just can't see us Doc, especially. I can't see Doc being okay with an extended absence of Embiid, relying on Bassian and Reed. I just, I can't, I can't see that. Uh, um, Jordan's play last year almost forced his hand to go with Reed more often because he was just getting abused. Jordan was, um, but now it's the offseason. We have no excuse. We don't have to play a, a DeAndre Jordan anymore. I, I would. I'd probably go cousins okay, just in case Embiid's out. It, it's it's cheap insurance to have. You gotta add that cheap insurance. Come on. It's a no-brainer on rental cars. <laughs> you know, you gotta do yeah, it's it's MB's a very expensive foreign automobile. You got you gotta get that insurance on it, man. You gotta get the warranty. So I I, I would go cousins. Um and uh, I think Keith's going to make that decision easy for us if he does go to the Nets as rumored, but you never know.
0: And we've never had, we've talked about backup fives for Embiid before. We've really never had a kind of scoring type backup five for him. It's usually a de- defensive type, uh, de- type, uh, backup five for, uh, Embiid. If you if well, he, he,
1: you count Greg Monroe.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, now I I agree with both of you guys. I I I'd I be locked in with uh, cousins. But you know uh, when Harden did depart from Houston, there was a, a little bit. Um, they I guess the media had, had interviewed Cousins and they asked him about the whole Harden situation. Him not reporting to camp, him not coming, and he said we only want guys who want to be here. And like it was kind of a. Uh, and then Harden ended up coming there. I think they played for a couple games with each other. But uh, um, yeah, could that be a little awkward for the, for those two? Or you think that's just you know that's water on the bridge? I don't think it would be awkward. Okay. I
2: don't think so
1: because you know my cousins. I'm glad he said that, but and Hard didn't want to be here, so didn't want to be there. So like, you know what? Like oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say, say much about that. Like I, I don't think that would be a big deal. No. Hard was probably like you're right, dude. I don't, I don't want to be here. So tell him to trade me. <laughs> tell him ASAP. Yeah. Um. And you know, look, if Harden and Durant can make up, I think you know uh, Harden and Cousins can make up. So
0: yeah. No, precisely. Um, no one
1: stays mad at James. Nah,
0: <laughs> only fans that's true, yeah. Um, and it, if we it would be funny if we did get cousins, it'd be kind of a swap because DeAndre Jordan has gone to Denver now, so he's the backup for Jokic, and uh, we get uh, cousins, and that'd be kind of sweet, which is um, scary, right?
1: It's scary because we got a good look at Jordan last year and they got a good look at cousins last year, so scary that they're choosing to exchange him for him right
2: they they must have been looking for a different kind of center because i thought cousins played well for them mm-hmm. me too
0: yeah yeah and he had some yeah. good games in, in, in the playoffs this year too if you look yeah. at his, his game market playoffs yeah yeah I, yeah i don't get it um so our second question is kind of follow up to this one whereas if we are to sign one of these guys um we've talked about on the show we have way too many dudes on the roster right now. i think we have i think we're at 17 right now we're at at the limit of the amount of players you can have um so i guess that kind of begs the question if we are to bring one of these guys on we're gonna either have to do a two-for-one trade or wave some of the guys on the team so what do you what do you guys lean on this should we be waving guys and if so who and then or should we be doing a, a packaging two of our guys and and shipping them out in order to kind of make room for these guys
2: i mean you can you know two for one is always the way, you know, you don't have to cut anyone. Um, You know, let's, let's be realistic. We have a lot of guys. and Not everyone's going to play major minutes. So um, the two for one, you can, if you can make that happen, that's a good way to do it. And you don't have to go into camp and try to, you know, still have to figure it out. Um, If that doesn't happen, um, you really just got to go to camp and and see who earns it. man. Like I I don't, you know, it's kind of, you can say I want this guy or that guy, but really, if that guy isn't better than the next guy in camp, that's what it's about. Let's get the camp and see who earns it. When I mean, you have quality, quality time, quality minutes to get in there and earn a spot, I mean, it's it's okay for that to happen. You know, it's everything doesn't have to be a guarantee for everybody. So, because you know, you get a guy in camp that, that has a non guarantee, and he'll beat out the guy that has a guarantee. That happens quite a bit. So let let's let's.
0: Let's take the guy that earns it. Okay. You- yeah. mm-hmm. No. So, where, where do you where do you
1: stand? I, I'd rather go two for one because I'd rather consolidate the roster and get a better talent um, than just wave someone right. Uh, I we can start to go over names, but I, who even knows who's available and what and for what anymore? I mean, I know people have talked about like doing a consolidation to get like a a Justin Holiday type here, a wing. Like that kind of guy, but um I don't even know if he's available anymore. But you know, that guy, I guess a wing and then you'd sign the big man and cousins. Um but yeah, I for salary, I I think a starting point would be FERC because he makes that I think five million. So that can get us someone we might be more comfortable with who might break the rotation. Um but yeah, I would probably go the two for one route and then sign the extra guy you want.
0: Kirk's been killing it overseas uh, during this uh, the summer, man. I don't know if you want to do that. He's been dominating. I've seen a lot of highlights. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. If people do say that kind of stuff, but at the
1: same time, it's like <laughs> – well, you got to trade someone when he adds value to himself, but then the moment he adds value, it's like, "Whoa, well, he's good now." I'm like, I "Can't, <laughs> can't trade him anymore." He made, he made five threes in a row, but it's like, "Well, that's when you can trade somebody. It's when you have to trade somebody. No one's gonna want him when he's going on over fifteen streak." Like, I mean, you know, that's when everyone wants to trade the guy. But you know, yeah, I, I hear you. I'm more of a I try to sell high kind of guy, but you know, it's hard to sell low.
0: Yeah, not for sure. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I saw some, uh, some high lamers like, ooh, uh, Ferg's on his game again. I, I think he might be a, a solid uh, role player for us this year. It's like, okay, well, at the, I think it's like the same Twitter account, like that, that, that trashed his name all throughout the second half of the season. It's like all of a sudden, we're back, we're back on the uh, the, the Ferg train again. I mean, I don't know, there's just too much flip flopping with a lot of these uh, these uh, Sixers uh accounts.
2: Uh, we can't say much about that.
0: We can't, you and I MVP. can't. I, 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 I,
2: this guy, what am I? What are my, my
1: flip flops? <laughs> Please in, in light, enlighten me. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm not, not saying hey, we, have I'm not... Check, we have to check our thieble quota for the day, don't we? Hey, look, man, thieble is that what it is? Hey, I'm not saying anything, just you know, it's not you, it's Matisse, <laughs> <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs>
0: There was a little four week span there where you went from, like, yeah, we need a trade, we need a package time for this. If for this. He plays well. And then three weeks later, like, you know what? The teeth to turn around on me. I like if he, he <laughs> if he
1: plays well, he plays well. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Like, I, you know, I, I just being honest, like, the playoffs really scared me with him, man. We got you. Yeah. He was playing well before that.
0: Yeah. No. We understand. We're, we, we, we've been here, thanks.
1: man. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much for understand understanding where you're coming from. <laughs> That's great. I really appreciate it. Um, all
0: right. So, our next topic uh, there was a stat that was re- recently posted from the basketball uh, index of the top 10 on ball gravity players in the league. It's an interesting way of wording it. Uh. But this calculates which players bend defenses the most when the ball is in their hands. The top 10 players are number one, Luca. Number two, Joel. Number three, Dame. Number four, James Harden, and then the rest was uh, Curry, Cray Young, Chris Paul, DeMar DeRozan, Tatum, and Paul George. That, that was the, that was the ten. Um, so I know there's a shiny new stat pretty much every day that we see online. Everyone's always sharing these things, but it's pretty eye popping to see these two Sixers players in the top four. So my question is: Given how all these players are very ball dominant, does it bring to light just how hard it is for the top to have two of the top four and Embiid and Harden to gel and coexist on the on the fly last season? And obviously the overall question is how how much better can this duo get uh, after with it with an off season uh to kind of learn with each other and then go into the season fresh.
2: Which question we answering first?
0: Um I, I guess uh, how much better can this offense be this year with uh with those two kind of having with those uh, two
2: guys um I mean obviously it can be better. I mean if you have a full training camp and you know you played some games. How much better? <clears throat> I can't say. I mean, I I really can't say that um, I think Joel can improve. I think James can improve his play in a different, in the secondary role. Um, But I don't know how much of that is going to be just those two in order for us to have the type of success that we want the team to have. Uh, I'm not sure if James has to play, you know what I'm saying, at the level that we've seen. And if that's the case, if you have other guys that come up and step up and do more, then, you know, the tandem can be looked at as not as successful from a number standpoint, but more successful from a win standpoint. So I think that this group, this pairing has to be more effective from winning more so than numbers um they gotta win they gotta get past the second round you gotta be one of the top teams so I think they can have all the numbers in the world if it's not translating into wins then then you'll say well it's not working so so to me it has to go a different route from what we've seen the last few years in that perspective um and as far as them you know in this ranking that you have um you know, so a lot of. They're all good players, first off, yeah. um, but you know they're they're good players for a reason. They they have the ball and they dominate the ball for a reason. So um, some of it is they have the ball. They're very re- good players. If if you're a good defensive team, you're going to bend your defense, as they say, or pay more attention to those guys. So there's a reason why, and it's not a it shouldn't. It's not a shock to me. That, you know, that guy, you know, those guys on the list. I mean, it's probably a shock to me that they didn't have LeBron James on there. I don't, I don't, you know, know why a guy like him didn't was yeah. in that list, but that's interesting. Um, pretty interesting,
1: though. Going back to the first part of it. So I know people kind of brushed over when the trade happened. Does it not get enough airtime that two guys in the top four, some of them, I mean, these are the most, I mean, some of the most ball-dominant players in the league, some of these guys, two of them in the top four, that makes it extra hard for them to kind of learn to play together, right, when you have two that ball-dominant guys. I mean, I don't think it gets enough airtime that they had to learn on the
2: fly to play together. Yeah, I think if you you have two ball-dominant guys, I think it's not that it's not hard, but it's easier if if one is a big and one's a guard. Yeah, that definitely helped. Yeah, I don't think it's you know what I'm saying. It's still not easy, but if you got two wing players, yeah. You know, I mean, because it's at least those guys can play together. You can put them in picking and roles and they can play a little more instead of much. just waiting your turn. Yes, instead yeah. of just basically waiting your turn, yes.
1: Yeah. That's that's very true. Yeah. And that that's probably part of the reason why it was by far the best pick and roll efficient players
2: in the league. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers won with two dominant, four dominant guys with big, That's small. True. Yeah, and they and uh, and one of them wasn't even the point guard.
1: Yeah, which is crazy. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, it, it even works better that one of them is a point and one of them is the big. Um, if you think of it that way, though, they were the most efficient and productive pick and roll duo in the league. And that was learning to play together on the fly. I I would, I would just naturally expect even 10% greater in gelling or meshing. It should look at even, it should look that much better. Right. I mean, I, I would expect it to, um, I don't see why it could get worse when you have a whole off season to learn to play together instead of doing it in games. Um, yeah. It should be pretty fun to watch. I, I'm, it's a cool stat. I mean, I'm you know, I, I, I don't. I want. I'd love to see the metrics behind it, how they bend defenses and and what that actually means. Um, makes the defenses cater to you to a certain degree. Which, yeah, I mean, they do. Like, I mean, James Harden makes the entire top of the key collapse, and and B makes the bottom the the, the the little paint collapse. So you have two collapsers, pretty much. Um, yeah, pretty cool stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm always curious to see where they where they find these the they get these numbers. So the PFF does it with football and people basketball index is doing it with the basketball.
1: I think they did say they're gonna to try to um explain this a little more because they have more stats coming out that they have kind of made and generated themselves. So
2: mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think if like if, from this list standpoint, um I probably need to kind of hear exactly how they do it because they got Steph Curry on that list, and I don't think Steph Curry is a ball dominant guy. I think that's that's part of his greatness that he's that that he's not a ball dominant guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the little he's it ball It's pretty interesting <laughs> to see like how how they view him. Um, is it just the attention that he gets, or is the attention he gets when he has the ball? I just we it's, just kind of like to hear it's ball the because they also have they're gonna come out
1: with an off ball gravity stat too guys you bend even yeah. when they don't have the ball in their hands so Lose this is purely when he's got the ball in his hands
2: but mm-hmm. i mean he'll be number he should be number one on that um <laughs> yeah and if, if you if you on both lists that's pretty impressive yeah it's true uh, you, yeah. you that's pretty impressive i bet you and beans gonna be on both lists i can see him being yeah big because you can't i mean big is so big you can't get two on the, you know, detached the from them because yeah. of their size. Yeah, you have to keep in
1: mind where he is at all times. Yeah. Y- you guys think Hard would be on that list or no? No, no, not that one. But for the one second he doesn't have the ball, he has the ball. He has the ball
2: too much. Ball too much. <laughs> That's true. That's what I said it would be hard to be on both lists. That's what I'm saying. Like a guy like Dame's on one list. I I don't, I don't you know. I can see Dame on there before James. Mm-hmm. but I couldn't see either one on being on both lists, yeah because they usually have the ball primarily yeah yeah
0: hmm. okay, so uh final topic of the night um we got good feedback on the uh the the the, the all time seventy six ers starting five last week um and I also saw one another twitter trend of um Pretty much, people adding former Sixers players, mainly role players, to our current roster. If you could go back in time and select any Sixers role player over the history of the 76ers that would fit directly with this roster right now, who would it be? So, who would be the who would be a Sixers player you bring onto this roster right now?
1: Wait, what's a role player or
0: any player? Role player. Role players, yeah. Any player would be kind of ridiculous because I, I saw some people uh, putting like Iverson on there, and it, it, like people were like, What? I mean, right, we're talking about this, this, the current roster construction right now, they'll kind of like change up everything.
1: But I, th- I think adding anyone would be interesting because you have to really think about that,
2: right? Because I mean, well, yeah, I mean, if, I you, if, you, if you add anyone, you, they wouldn't be a role player. So that's, I mean, it's kind of depends on how what we're, what we're asking. That's what Sam, if you're asking what role player. That's why I'm saying, is that the question or is it in what player will we add? Because you add certain, some guys, you add Alan Iverson, somebody's not going to start.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm
2: saying? So
1: well, I would I, say we could do both because I think it would be interesting to have if you, if Iverson was your pick, then what what's your plan for that? <laughs> yeah. Be. I
2: mean, you got to, you know, it's, it's, you know, you just be careful what you're saying because if we added him, then um that's guard number one
1: yeah (laughs) i'll 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 have two answers then i'll I'll, I'll have both i'll have both ready how about that
2: role player and his. if if i'm going with a role player um i think having james and having joel you always got to go with premium shooting so a a kyle cover is it's always an easy answer because shooting travels we know it, shooting travels. So you look at any team in this league, they need shooting, and they'll take shooting. So um, as far as role player, you know, him. Um, I won't be obvious as far as any player and say anyone that I played with. So I'll stay away from AI, and I'll stay away from – so I would say a guy that I didn't play with, I mean, you know, Doc. Man, Dr. J, man,
1: my favorite player of all time. Starting three, man. You plug him at – you just put him – you start him at three? Yeah. Three and
2: he'll play some four. That's Yeah. I
1: That was tough for me. Um, my turn? Can I go? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. I was – so the star, I was – I was torn between that. And then I got started thinking, I was like, Tobias can play three and four. We've talked about this. Why not maybe add Charles? Because nowadays I don't know if Charles would play four anymore. Being six five. I don't know if he would, I don't know if you could play four anymore, right? What maybe, would he play? Maybe he play a little more three for you. You get him and Tobias switching off on three and four. Charles
2: Charles is more of a four now than he was then. Yeah. Well, then I put Tobias at three. I'm trying to make- <laughs> I think it gives us the grittiness, the toughness. We'd have more rebounding that way. Um but you but you also add another guy that's gonna be on that list we just talked about. You mean as far as like trying to get mouths to feed? <laughs> Which list? Which list are you talking about? The ball dominant list.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I'd probably rather add that's what <laughs> makes it
2: that's that's what makes like converging – your star players so hard because it's you know what I'm saying, oh. the contradicting styles. Um, if they were on the same team and we all know if they're on the same team, somebody's gonna have to take a back seat. So it's just interesting.
1: Yeah. Just keep you know what, keep the same <laughs> roster and let's just, you know, keep NB fresh. NB <laughs> plays 40 games, Moses plays the other 40 games. Boom, there you go. Like there you go. both guys are 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 fresh from the playoffs, and we don't lose a beat.
2: I mean, like another thing, I mentioned him the last time, and um, and I'll take a starter from a long time ago. And I mentioned him before, but put him in as a reserve, um, Andrew Tony. Put him in as a six man. Yeah, that's a good Born Off play. the bench.
1: Um, as far as rollish, he was a role player. Okay, so what what was his role for us, or did he leave, go somewhere else, and become like a star? Because for half his career with us, Andre Iguodala was a kind of a role player. He wasn't the star, and he was a secondary, maybe even third scorer on our team for a little while. Now Iguodala would go great with our current roster construction. If you give him, give us that version of Iguodala back on this team, you're talking
0: prime Iguodala on this team. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He, he would be awesome. Yeah, I think he could all be perfect because he, he, he fast breaks. He was starting to become a better shooter towards the end of his career. And he could make it he could
2: be an all-star
1: Yeah, I think he would be, I mean, yeah, he's pretty much you a ask, great... you answer
2: a lot of the not that you have like questions on the wing. You you basically have a lot of multiple players that you would want in one player. That that's what Icky does for you. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, he wasn't a knockdown shooter at that point in his career yet, but he uh, made
2: enough. But it
1: was, yeah, it kept teams honest. And yeah. what he did on other parts with defense, yeah. running, athleticism, rebound, filling in the rebound, and he can
2: initiate your offense. I mean, he, yep. was, he was very um, serviceable.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's weird to go through. A, I thought of him early, and I was like, gosh, man. I'm gonna bring up Igad when we're talking about any any sixer player of all time. It sounds weird to say that, but at the same time, the way our roster's built, that's you need to fill in the gap, guys. You don't need a superstar to put in our team, really. You just need a guy who can do a lot of different things and do them well and and hit an open shot and not, you know, complain and, and wonder why they're the third and fourth, fifth option right on the court at that time, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah, I was gonna go with Corver um, as the role player, Corver or um, JJ Reddick. even Capono too. We had Capono for a half a season. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's <What> about <laughs> that uh, as a role player. And then uh, I was gonna go either Iggy or uh, or Thad for the um, for uh, any player uh, ever. Because I mean, I think both those guys could could fill in at the at the three uh, for us. That Thad in his prime, you know. Yeah,
1: Roko be like another good one in his prime too.
0: Yeah, Covington. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, who else would be a great role player for us as a six man? Lou Williams.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: our scoring bench problems would be done yeah. after that.
0: Mm hmm. We have, but. you, you had him and Melton together coming off the bench. Fine, yeah. anyway. Kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Good mix. <laughs>
2: Pretty good one.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
2: Corver
1: Corver's a great one, though, man. Like just, oh, fantastic! Get your shot, just you know. And, and I think a young Corver, because we had Reddick toward the end of his career when he was a major defensive liability. Um, not that Corver was ever a lockdown defender, but a young Corver could stay in front of a guy a little easier than old Reddick. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: wouldn't have the defensive lapses that we had with Reddick with a young Corver, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. So that would that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty nasty.
0: Yeah, we almost brought back Corver a couple of years ago. I know, I know. We, we almost had Corver and Redick on that same team. Be kind of yeah. fun. That was a fun lineup, B- bad defensive lineup, but fun, <laughs> fun lineup for that, that six minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we'll see if we even uh, get this guy Boogie Cousins on the squad. And hope, may- maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see.